Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jeez, nothing personal word of the day for Tuesday, July 27th, 2021 is cheese, as in cheddar cheese, brie cheese, gouda, goat, midnight moon. How about Gruyere? I love Gruyere. When you're from Wisconsin, born there, you know, I was born there. Everyone's called a cheesehead. You're a Packer fan. You're a cheesehead. For whatever reason, Packer fans like wearing blocks of Swiss cheese on their head. I never did understand that. I bought one when I went to Lambo and I wore it for like a second and it was sort of heavy. I didn't wear it, not wear it because I was embarrassed or I thought it looked bad. I just thought it was uncomfortable and didn't keep me warm at Lambo. A lot going on at Lambo Field. Cheese is my word of the day because when you are in a position of running a team, once in a while, you have to cut the cheese. And that is what's been going on with Mark Murphy, president of the Packers. Brian Gutekunst, he's their GM. It's been an absolute cluster duck in Green Bay the entire offseason. They drafted Jordan Love a couple of years ago. Jordan Love is a quarterback who is going to take the place of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers instead has an MVP season last year. Then Aaron Rodgers gets engaged to Yoko Ono and says, hey, I don't know if I want to be in Green Bay I don't like the fact that we punt. We don't kick field goals. We kick field goals. We don't go for touchdowns. We go for touchdowns. We don't catch them. We don't draft offensive players. We draft quarterbacks, defensive players. I get no help. I get no love. We get no rings. And I want to be better than Favre and Bart Starr, et cetera. So there's been a off season of drama where the fans of the Packers are losing their minds. The front office doesn't know left from right. And Aaron Rodgers is gallivanting with Miles Teller at the Derby. Because if you're going to have to, if you're going to make a hit, you got to make it quick. So we cut it down to 305. So what do you do if you're the Packers? Well, you can watch nothing personal, maybe listen to nothing personal. You can realize that you're not trading him. Aaron Rodgers can know he's not being traded. Aaron Rodgers knows he's not going to retire. The media leads off with this story every single day. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers headed toward nasty divorce, splitting up. He's going to choose to retire versus play. That's what he can do. He's got the power and the control. I was laughing the whole time. Not literally laughing because that kind of stuff doesn't make me laugh. Peter Farrelly makes me laugh. But Aaron Rodgers was never going to retire. He was never going to attend any of the mini camp stuff during the offseason. He was traveling around and doing what he was doing. But training camps now, and he's got to go to training camp because he's not about to get fined and allow himself to get fined the way Deshaun Watson showed up at training camp. He's not going to retire and give up 21 or $22 million in cash that he's going to make this year, take a year off at his age. It's just not happening. None of that was ever going to happen. 
The Packers are owned by you. Did you know that? Do you know the Packers are owned by people? Quick, who's the owner of the Packers? Can you name the owner of the Packers? You can name the president, Mark Murphy, the GM. You can name the chairman of the board, maybe. They've got a board representing shareholders. You can buy for your friend's son's bar mitzvah a share of stock. I think they're still available. I think my brother got a share of stock in the Packers for his bar mitzvah. He was so super excited. He framed it and put it on the wall. Didn't help pay for college or law school, though. But you get to say, hey, I own a piece of the Packers. Coca, did I tell you or was it a different person, my McDonald's story? I, I can't remember. It may have been on a mailbag episode. We got a few of those coming up. I can't remember. The McDonald's story is a quick one because I think you've heard it, Coca. When I was young, the first share of stock I ever got was from my grandma and grandpa. It was two shares of McDonald's. And I learned what that meant because every time I walked in to get my two quarter pounders, never with cheese, regular quarter pounders. Now I haven't had McDonald's in over a decade. And um, God, I miss McDonald's. It used to be a treat. It was my present given to me that I was, if I behaved, I got to go to McDonald's. Can you imagine? And I would walk into McDonald's and I would go to the napkin dispensary because it came in these big silver dispensaries. It sort of still does like diners. And I would pull a napkin out, one napkin. I would rip a corner of one napkin. And I would say to anyone listening at McDonald's, I own the corner of this napkin. And that was my introduction into what stock ownership was, into owning stocks, owning part of a company. And it was pretty cool. So the Packers are the same thing. There's about 5 million shares of stock. You can go out and buy one. And there's, let's say, 350,000 or 360,000 people who say, hey, I own the Packers. Now, owning the Packers is the same as me owning McDonald's in that I can't decide to put more salt or less salt, more special sauce, lettuce, onion, cheese on a Big Mac. I can't say, hey, give me the salad dressing. I can't do any of that. When you own shares of stock, you have no vote. You have no nothing. You get information. You get to say that you own, and that's it. They have this executive committee, which is like a board of directors. The board of directors sort of elects this executive committee, which is not going to be you or me for owning a share of stock. And that's how they operate. Now, part of what Mark Murphy has to do as president of the Packers, he has to report and give updates to his board. He had to give an update yesterday, and I want to make that update to you. I want to give the update. Hello. Everybody, please sit down. Everyone, shh, shh. We're going to start now. Is everyone on the Zoom? Can you hear me? Can't. Yeah. yeah. Little League. Yeah. Crush. Yes, Stanton, you can judge. Hear me? Okay. Hi. I'm Mark Murphy. I'm the president of the Green Bay Packers. I have been working tirelessly along with the GM who's sitting to my left, Brian Gutekunst. We have been working to solve the Aaron Rodgers situation. You may have read about this, but it turns out that Aaron Rodgers is not happy with our organization. And we want to hear from you. Do you want Aaron Rodgers to be back with the Packers. Now, what I'd like you to do is in the Zoom room, you can raise your hand, not to talk, but you can raise your hand if you want Aaron Rodgers back. 
Now we've been working on getting him back. And here's the interesting part. You may remember from our last meeting that he signed to a contract through 2023. And you may think that means that he has to play for us. But in the National Football League, where player empowerment is trailing the National Basketball Association, but it's still right up there in terms of annoyance and pain in the neck of what I have to deal with. He could choose not to play for us, demand a trade and hold out and not come to training camp. And I know how many of you like coming to Lambeau Field and watching us at training camp and coming to games. And some of you may not think that Jordan Love is ready, but we think he is. But I'm not going to talk about that today. I want to talk about the fact that we have decided that we are going to give in to the demands of Aaron Rodgers because we want him back in 2021. And for him to be back, we've been negotiating with his agent. And what we've decided to do, even though we negotiated to have him through 2023, we are going to let him go after 2021. But the way we're going to do it is he's going to have a farewell year. He's going to have a great year. And I promise that he's better than Jordan Love right now, even though Jordan Love will be ready to go if Rodgers gets hurt. But we want him to have the proper send off, not like what happened with Brett Favre Bean. We want this to be different. And for it to be different, we need to allow him to explore his options after 2021. And we will agree to trade him to the team that he wants for the 2022 season. Financially, that makes sense for us. It's a soft landing. So I don't want you to tell anyone. Don't let it be known that we gave in to Aaron Rodgers because we can't let other players know that. But we did. Don't let it be known to Devontae Adams that we're restructuring his contract so we now have space to sign him to an extension because we do, but we don't want him to know that. Don't let anyone know that we told Aaron Rodgers we would review the situation with Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season because, wink, wink, we're not reviewing it. We're going to trade him at the end of the season. Don't worry about the income for the Packers because I promise that we've adjusted Aaron Rodgers' contract. That's what we're getting in return, that we're adjusting his contract. We're changing it in a way that's too hard to explain to you, but just let you understand that it's not impacting our cap space, except it's giving us more and we're going to spend it. It's not impacting our cash position because I know that you don't want to put more cash into the team or have your share of stock to be diluted. But I promise you, that we've done this because of you, the fans. We're going to say publicly that we did it because of Aaron Rodgers and our love of him and our thankfulness. We appreciate him. And I'm going to give a bunch of quotes. Get ready. Because when I meet the media, I'm going to tell them that he is the most important quarterback we've had in franchise history. He is a three-time, two-time, one-time MVP, multiple-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl winning champion, multiple NFC champion guy, and he is the fabric of the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to say all that because I want him and his agent to feel good, and I, of course, want that uh, Shaleen to feel good, but I just want you to know that we did everything straight from a business vantage point. And the reason we chose to do this for a business standpoint is that if he did not show up and he retired, wait a minute, hold on, let me rephrase that. I thought we did it from a business standpoint, but the truth is we could have just called this bluff. <gasps> we could have said to Aaron, you don't want to show up to camp, no problem. 
We're going to find you every day you miss. Would you guys have been upset if we had done that? You don't want to play a game? No problem. We're just not going to pay you. Wait a minute. You want to retire? Oh, maybe we didn't do this from a business standpoint. Maybe we did this from a total PR standpoint. Maybe we totally gave in to him because all I did was complain and whine like a little baby. And now we have to do exactly what he wants, but we have to spin it as though we didn't do anything negatively to impact us. And actually it was positive. <gasps> I just took the Jim Carrey truth serum from liar, liar. And I'm telling you the exact truth of what happened. We grabbed our ankles. We're idiots, but it's all good because we're having positive articles written about us on ESPN and there's tons of traffic. Because we made up with Aaron just in time for training camp. Hip, hip. Say it. Say it. Come on, Packers, shareholders. Hip, hip. Hooray. Aaron Rodgers is back. Can you imagine that's what they're celebrating? All right. The second thing we have to talk about with all the shareholders, I don't want you to be alarmed, but I need to make sure that you're all vaccinated. It's very important because if you're not vaccinated, then I don't know if we're going to allow you in Lambo, but you can still tailgate and you can still get hammered at the Airbnb right next door to Lambo. No problem. But I think you should be vaccinated. And I think that we need to announce to you that we're demanding our players get vaccinated. Now, don't tell them this because the way we're going to position it is that you don't have to get vaccinated. But if you don't, you're going to lose a lot of money, not just the team, but you. We're going to fine you like 15K if you don't get vaccinated. But don't tell anyone that. I don't want to make this political. I don't want to make this a big deal. I just don't understand what the Delta variant going on and everyone getting COVID right now. And I just heard the other day on the show that I listened to, nothing personal with David Sampson, that his producer has COVID and he's totally vaccinated and lost his taste and smell and only pays attention to now sweet and sugary and salty. But please get vaccinated. What? I'll take a question. Yes. No, I will. Yes. The question for those of you who didn't hear, what if a coach chooses not to get vaccinated? What will you do? Ah, thank you for asking. I'm going to do exactly what New England did and exactly what Minnesota did. Bye-bye. Did you all read that the other day? That's the end of the press conference. I'm getting back into character as me. Hi, my name's David Sampson. Welcome to Nothing Personal. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, for buying express clothes, and for going to my Twitter and voting for us as People's Choice Podcast. Do you know we're up for three nominations for the People's Choice Podcast Awards? Best Male Host, Sports and People's Choice. All you have to do is go to podcastawards.com. It's the People's Choice Podcast. You have to sign up, email, et cetera. Please take a minute. This only goes through the end of July. And we're going to find out how we did. So you've got like four more days, depending on when you're listening to this or watching this podcast awards. Please do that. So now I'm back in character as me talking about the next thing that is fascinating to me, which Mark Murphy would have mentioned in his press conference if he did it right. Do you know the Minnesota Vikings and New England Patriots fired one of their assistant coaches each for not getting vaccinated? I just want to talk about what a big deal it is. The Pats have a coach named Popovich, no relation to Greg. The Vikings have a coach named Ray Donovan, 
no relation to Lee Schreiber, Liev Schreiber. And both those guys, Coca what? Oh, what is it? Rick Dennison. Why was Ray Donovan in my head? I don't know. I've never even watched Ray Donovan, should I? Rick Dennison was a coach for the Vikings and he got fired because he said he will not get vaccinated. And there have been people in certain circles of the political spectrum who have been outraged by this. You can't fire someone. Remember the Buffalo Bills GM who said he's going to cut players who don't get vaccinated because it's such a pain in the neck to deal with unvaccinated players. Guess who's not protected by any sort of union? The coaches. Guess what every employer has the right to do? Don't come at me with your constitutional law. You do not have a constitutional right to work for your company. They want to make a rule you have to be vaccinated? Your choice. You want to get vaccinated? Great. You don't? See you later. The conversation would go like this from me to the GM. Uh, We are not going to lose money because of coaches not being vaccinated. Because if a coach is not vaccinated, catches COVID, has a problem, we miss a game, we forfeit a game, we lose the revenue from a game, the juice is not worth the squeeze. I love you, all of you assistant coaches, Rick and Pop and whoever else is out there, but not enough. To all of you who think that you're replaceable, you are. To those of you who think you're irreplaceable, nope. Do you know who's irreplaceable? Hold on. Take a beat. Hit pause. I want you to think of someone in your business who's irreplaceable. I'll give you a minute. The president? Nope. There'll be a new president within a day. The offensive line coach? Nope. Ooh, the third base coach in baseball. That guy's irreplaceable. Not. Manager? Not. I can get a Pinocchio to do it. GM? Nope. Owner? Bingo. Owners are irreplaceable. Yeah, but they could sell a team and there'd be another owner. That's it. And I don't mean the owner of a public company. I don't mean Jeff Bezos. I really did think it was a penis-shaped rocket that went to the went up with Jeff Bezos, by the way. I really did. He's not even irreplaceable. So I'm telling my coaches, plain and simple, you will get vaccinated. I don't care if you love Trump, hate Trump. I don't care if you believe in science, love Fauci, hate Fauci. I don't care if you don't want to be vaccinated because you don't want to feel sick for a day or you're worried about the one in the million shot that you're going to get a blood clot or die of a reaction because you drove to practice, didn't you? Far more dangerous. It's a big deal, guys. I don't know if you're focused on this story enough, but the NFL fining players up to $15,000 for violating COVID protocols. Bruce Arians of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers talking about finding players for not being vaccinated. Can't do that. Assistant coaches getting fired for not being vaccinated. This is not a small deal, except please remember, this is no different than a company having a dress code. You don't want to wear pants and a shirt. You can't work here. You don't want to wear shoes. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Okay. No service. The world is changing, folks. Do you remember Jason Bateman and Up in the Air? He was the office manager. George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. There were changes that were being made. They wanted to start firing people not in person. And Jason Bateman 
was pulling George Clooney off the road. And for some reason, he did something that I'm incapable of doing. He took a piece of paper. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm taking a piece of paper. I'm creating some sort of paper airplane, but he created a boat of some sort. And he made the boat like this. This is the worst boat ever. It looks like a sailboat. And he said, here's the boat. Are you in the boat or are you not? Because the boat is leaving the dock. And George Clooney said, I'm not in your boat. I want a different boat. And Jason Bateman said, this is the boat. Folks, we have a boat right now, and it's the COVID vaccination boat. And you got two choices, be in the boat or be out of the boat. I had a choice yesterday of what I wanted to do, and I made that choice. I told you I was going to watch a double feature, and I did. When we come back, I'm reviewing Space Jam with Jordan, Space Jam, A New Legacy with LeBron. And I'm going to get to a So You Want to Talk to Samson. We are going to revisit a football coach named Eugene Chung, who feels as though he was disrespected and told that he was the wrong minority, so he was not going to be a coach because he's Asian and not Black or other such minorities. And there is an update on that story. We are coming right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. You have joined us on a random Tuesday, July the 27th. Thanks for making it through the gauntlet. Thanks for telling your friends about Nothing Personal. We watch a movie every day. We review one or a TV series. I'm still fuming that Ted Lasso is one episode at a time. I'm going on strike. I'm not going to watch an episode a week. Ted Lasso is meant to be binged. I am watching White Lotus once a week, though, but not Ted Lasso. So I'd never seen Space Jam and Space Jam 2 came out on HBO Max where you can see it first and then it goes into theaters. I remember LeBron James. I saw behind the scenes where LeBron James was getting his bald spot sprayed black and he was why it's okay. You're bald. Like what's the big deal? But he wants to, he thinks that with hair that's fake, you look just as good. LeBron James, you look good either way. And not that you're my type, but the fact is, you look good. So LeBron James was in a movie. Michael Jordan was in a movie. Let's go to Space Jam, the first one. I never saw it, and I love the Looney Tunes. It's basically a sort of cartoon, except Michael Jordan's in it as Michael Jordan. And there are some other people like uh, uh, Wayne Knight from Jurassic Park and Seinfeld is in um, Space Jam 1, where his job is like get him is like Jonah Hill's and get him to the Greek with Russell Brand. It's about Michael Jordan having to play a game and he's got Looney Tunes on his team. And it's all my favorite characters from Porky Pig. Ooh, that's all folks to Daffy Duck, to uh, the Tasmanian devil, who you know I love, to the Roadrunner, to the Coyote, who puts up his umbrella while a, while a boulder's falling on him, thinking that'll help. And the movie was fine. It was directed though, and I never knew this. If I had known this, I would have seen it forever ago. The director of Space Jam, and Coca never told me this, is the same guy who directed Let It Ride. Joe Pitka. 
He directed Space Jam and Let It Ride. The movie was fine. I did not enjoy it. There were a lot of clips from Michael Jordan, which gave me PTSD because of what he did to the Knicks. I got to see Patrick Ewing act. I got to see Muggsy Bogues, which always makes me feel good about myself because I sky over Muggsy by a solid almost two inches. (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed seeing the 90s NBA. It was 25 years ago. 25 years ago. And then I got to watching LeBron and a new legacy. And people have not liked it. People think LeBron can't act. People are wondering why Don Cheadle was in a movie with LeBron James. Don Cheadle is in that movie playing a bad guy. LeBron James is a good guy trying to get his son back. There's a lot of lessons in here. He wants his son to be a basketball player. The son wants to be a video game code creator. LeBron wants his son to play and they end up having to play but they're playing inside a video game, inside a server verse. It's a whole thing. The story is convoluted. There are the same Looney Tunes characters. My overall view of Space Jam 2, or it's really called Space Jam A New Legacy, is there is no reason for it to have been made other than, and this is what came to me during the movie, LeBron James is so obsessed with being known as the greatest of all time and wanting to be greater than Michael Jordan that he wanted to do what Michael Jordan did. And he wanted to make a movie better than what Michael Jordan made. And he wanted to differentiate himself in that way. And while we've read that he became the first billion dollar uh, athlete, active athlete through earnings on and off the court, LeBron James is trying as hard as he can to do as much as he can. And that means chasing Jordan's shadow. LeBron, stop chasing Jordan's shadow. You are the second best of all time. You're going to stay that way. And that's it. Why you have to keep chasing Amy is beyond me. Coca, during preparation of the show, told me that he watched the first few minutes and said it was for kids. He doesn't want to watch any more of it, even though he's sitting home doing nothing with COVID. And he said to me, He's he who's been with me for 400. What episode are we in, Coca? 418. That's 418 regular episodes, not counting mailbags and sit downs, et cetera, or bonuses. 418 of these. Coca's theory is that LeBron is concerned that he's losing the younger generation. So he wanted to make a kid's movie because he wanted to make sure that it's not just old people buying his stuff and seeing his movies and buying his merchandise that he wanted to get the next generation in and they will come in by watching Space Jam A New Legacy. I said, Coca, that's a nice theory. It's not true, but it's a nice theory. The ego is what had him make this movie, not trying to sell to children. Okay, I don't know how we're going to segue to Eugene Chung because this is a serious topic, but we have to because the NFL is doing something right now that I watched MLB do, and they should be ashamed of themselves. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get in my Twitter, David P. Samson. That's from the movie Half-Baked. If you've been listening to the show from the beginning, you know that you want to see Half-Baked and you want to be at least a quarter-baked. But in my opinion, being fully-baked makes Half-Baked even better than it is. There's a character named Samson and people want to talk to him. Get into my DMs, ask me questions. We're going to talk about it if it interests Coca and maybe if it interests me. I read about Eugene Chung 
Is he telling the truth or is the NFL? Love the show. Thank you. Coca says, thank you too. He's saying that in my ear. Coca's in my left ear. Do you know that, uh, side note, Coca, when we're not filming, which is every day because we come to you every day, at some point, we're going to have to take some days off, Coca, at some point, just not while you have COVID. And sometimes I'm walking during the day and I hear Coca in my ear. Isn't that weird? It's not enough to get me committed, obviously, or Baker acted or any of that. It just means that I spend half my life with Coca in my ear. So Eugene Chung, quick memory for you. Assistant coach was interviewing. He's not a coach right now. He was interviewed by a team and a unnamed head coach and team president, GM, whoever was interviewing him, said to him, we appreciate and can see that you are Asian. However, you are the wrong minority. We need to hire a minority and you're not it. He then went public saying that's outrageous. Minorities, minorities, minority. I said it's outrageous because the best coaches should be hired and he is a qualified coach. Eugene Chung went public. The NFL immediately released a statement, which we digested, but that's not the word. We dissected it and the NFL did what they had to do. But here's the problem. The NFL said that we're going to work with Eugene Chung and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And then they got to the bottom of it. And the NFL said, hey, we could not find one person to corroborate Eugene's story. Not one. The NFL promised it was going to work with Eugene to try to eliminate the prejudices that exist in the NFL, to try to help with inclusion across all spectrums of diversity. And then Eugene Chung went scorched earth yesterday. And he said, I've had one conversation with the NFL. I'd love to work with them hand in hand. But when it's being written that I'm going to be working with them and I had only one brief conversation, I think that's a little misleading. Uh-oh, Eugene Chung is not aware of how MLB and the NFL work. Here's how it works. When we have a PR crisis, whether it's involving race or sex or violence or scandal, cheating, drugs, rock and roll, we deal with it and then we ignore it and let it go away and never bring it up again ever. When we say we're going to work hand in hand with you to make things better, what it means is we're never going to talk to you. We're going to hire someone in diversity and inclusion. We're going to announce that we've hired all these women and all of these black people, brown people of color. And then we're going to say we've done enough. We're going to make our sponsors happy by taking these actions. Am I being cynical? You're goddamn right. I am because I've been in the room, folks. I've watched it happen. What is the bare minimum that we can do to keep doing exactly what we always do, but to give the impression we're doing more? And by the way, if anyone calls us out on it, we will eliminate that person so fast. Poof! Form of a pail. Shape of water. Bye-bye. These leagues make people disappear so fast, your head would spin like Linda Blair. And I know I've used that before, but I love thinking about Linda Blair's head spinning. Your head would spin like what's the name of the um, WNBA player who dressed as a snake in Space Jam 2. This would have been so clever if I could come up with it. I want to say it's Diana, and I'm going to get it wrong. Diana Tarousi? That could be it. It wasn't Damian Lillard, though. He's in Space Jam 2 also. Anthony Davis. LeBron James makes fun of Anthony Davis's unibrow. I forgot to mention that. Not Sue Bird. It's Diane. Diane something. Coca. Check it. I think her last name starts with T and ends with I. In any case, 
in Space Jam, a new legacy her head would spin because she was a snake. Why does the NFL and Major League Baseball and other leagues do this? Because we want you to forget and we treat you like you're stupid. And we count on the fact that everyone wants to get back in the game because they believe that everyone wants to be in the game because it's so much better to be in the game than to be outside the game. I thought that too after 18 years until I was outside the game for over a year and I realized, wait a minute, this is pretty good. But when people speak up and say, you did not do what you said you were going to do, do you know what the NFL does? They do what MLB does. They have to release a statement. And they did. We embraced the opportunity to work with Eugene to hear his ideas on how we can better advance employment opportunities throughout the league, both for Asian Americans and all underrepresented groups, said their VP of communications. As we have made him aware, we welcome meeting with him and have at no time turned down requests to discuss these important issues with our staff, including the commissioner. What's not said there is the commissioner's not going to speak to Eugene Chung. You think that Rob Manford or Roger Goodell are going to spend time talking to one of these coaches? Do you know all the time that Rob always says, oh, I'm meeting with players. I want to hear their concerns. He makes a 10-minute window, a half-hour window. He's got his lieutenants do it. He steps in, says hello, shakes hands, talks to them for a few minutes, moves on, and totally forgets about what they said. Does that make Rob Manford a bad commissioner? No. That's what every CEO does. You think every time the CEO or Jeff Bezos is walking around Amazon and talking to workers who are trying to be unionized or talking to workers or all the undercover bosses who go undercover and spend time scooping ice cream, you think they do that on a regular basis? No, they do when the cameras are on and when they're forced to by something that happens. And then they forget about it because they move on to the next macro thing. Their job is to take care of the entire league, making sure that sponsors are happy and putting money in. Their job is to make sure that the cogs continue to function, not to make sure that Eugene Chung has an audience with the commissioner to make sure that Asian Americans are going to be properly represented. Would it be the right thing to do? Of course it would. Is it going to be effective? Of course it won't. And if it's not going to be effective, the commissioner is not going to waste his time. Does it help him with his labor relationship with labor and the union? No. Does it help make sponsors feel better? No. You send other people to do it. You think the president of the United States goes to every meeting? No, he sends people to meetings. Does that mean it's less important? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, it does. When you try to meet with the head of a company and you end up with the assistant to the VP of sales, guess what? Your business will not get done. But if by chance your idea is good, and the associate and assistant to the VP of sales says something to the VP of sales who likes it, then they'll talk to you. And if it's still good, he may mention it to the president of the team and the president of the team may give you a five minute audience. Maybe, not always, sometimes. Five minutes, that's it. Do you know that I was completely scheduled throughout the day and I had my assistant give me outs to every meeting I was in? The phone would ring, it would be her. She'd knock on the door. Your 1.30 is here. I didn't have a 1.30. I would have to put my hand out to say, I'll be there. Or I would say, thank you. Sorry, I got to go. Depending on my level of interest. Depending on who is watching. Depending on whether there were cameras. Am I admitting something that I never admitted before? Yeah. Why would I tell you the truth when I was running the team? Now I'm not. Now I can tell you what presidents do and GMs and commissioners. 
It's normal. If you thought about your own life, my guess is you do it too somewhere along the line. So what happens at the end with Eugene Chung? I'll tell you what happens because it's a big wait to see. This is my official wait to see. Eugene Chung is going to get Schwarzenegger. He is going to get a race like James Kahn is a bad guy. The train is going to come. He will not get a job as a coach for next season because teams realize that he is talking up and it's not worth it. Do I think that's right? Nope. Do I think it's going to happen? Yes. Wait to see. We'll always revisit it. You know we will. Eugene Chung will not get a job as coach next season in the NFL. We got a walk-off yesterday. Who saw it? I had already what I do when I'm doing nothing personal pick of the day. We were 97 and 83. I, when I'm preparing the next day's show, which I start preparing before the games are played, the night games, I write 97 and 83 on the document, pending Phillies over the Nets, which was my pick of the day yesterday. And then I watch the game or watch part of the game or I'm watching a different game or I may be out getting drinks, whatever I'm doing. I may just be skulking around. Who knows what I'm doing on a particular Monday evening? Could be anything. Could be nothing. But when I see the score of the game, I then change it to 97 and 84 as Nats beat the Phillies. And I, was, and I would talk about it and follow up and give my next pick. And then I get a text from Cocalicious who says, hey, you got a McCutcheon walk-off. And I say, hey, that means we're 98 and 83. A win's a win. Betting is super hard, folks. We are 98 and 83. The Phillies beat the Nats on a walk-off. I got a pick tonight. I promised you I wouldn't go back to the Twins because they're sellers. I promised you I wouldn't go back to Maeda because he had stunk. I hate breaking promises. I really do. But we're going Twins over Tigers. The Tigers quietly, by the way, if you're paying attention. I've been down on the Tigers even with the hiring of A.J. Hinch, even with Miguel Cabrera, my all-time favorite on the team. I said that they're handicapped. One of their good pitchers, Turnbull, Trumbull, Spencer, Trumbull or Turnbull. I'm having a moment right now out for the season with Tommy John. Meanwhile, the Tigers are one of the hottest teams in the league. The Tigers are winning games left, right, and center. The Tigers are playing the Twins tonight. And what's interesting is that, one second here, Coca, I have to respond to this. See, the thing is that before there were phones, I didn't have to respond to things that happened during the show because I wouldn't know things that were going on. I wasn't really doing shows before I had a phone. And I do have my phone to my left because if there's an emergency that requires a response, like if Quinn calls from CBS or if something else happens, I have to respond. And that just happened. It wasn't Quinn. It was, it's anyway, can I get back to what I was talking about? Spencer Turnbull and the Tigers. The Tigers are one of the best teams right now in baseball. Their record doesn't show up, but they're playing one of the best. Can they catch the Chicago White Sox? No. Are they going to make the playoffs? No. Is this a good sign that Detroit's finally coming out of a 17-year rebuild? Yes. But the Twins are going to beat the Tigers tonight. I've got Maeda, who's pitching better, thinking about maybe getting traded with the trade deadline coming this Friday, July 30th. Let's go Twins over Tigers. Okay. We got to talk about the next thing because it's too good to be true. Have you been reading about Texas and Oklahoma? So Oklahoma is in Norman. Texas is in Texas. And uh, the Texas Longhorns are 
a team in the Big 12, and the Oklahoma Sooners are a team in the Big 12. And there's been a lot of talk. The Big 12 is a conference in the NCAA, and they're jumping ship. They want to join the SEC, which is the conference with Alabama, which is really the richest, best conference out there, although I think the Big Ten is because it's got Wisconsin. But the SEC has huge broadcast deals with ESPN. They have a ton of revenue that they split. They have a ton of distributions. The SEC is extremely successful. And for whatever reason, Texas and Oklahoma want to leave the Big 12. What would the reason be for that? So they released a statement yesterday. And the statement basically said that they've notified the Big 12 conference that they are not going to be renewing their grants of media rights following the expiration in 2025. What does that mean? That means that they provided notice to the Big 12 that they are not going to be a part of the Big 12 when it's time for a new TV deal in the Big 12. The current deal goes through 2025. They are stuck in theory, we'll get to that, in the Big 12 through 2025, but they are starting the process of getting out of the Big 12 by saying, here's your notice. When you start renegotiating your TV deal, just know we're not going to be there. So if you think that what we pull in and the ratings and et cetera that we provide as Texas and Oklahoma, we're taking our talents to South Beach. All right. I'm fine with that. It's like a super league, right? The Super League didn't work in the Premier League and in football because they did it wrong. But the reality is in college, the NCAA doesn't mean squat. We know that. They have absolutely no function other than to pay their executives a lot of money. Good for them. No reason at all to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it as an NCAA governing body, especially now that there's NIL running rampant. They're not getting anything done in Congress. It's a total disaster with what the NCAA actually does. These conferences could go off on their own. They could live on their own. And it would be truly survival of the fittest, right? The best conferences that make the most money are going to survive and the others can become independent. They can become unaffiliated or they can just have lesser conferences with smaller deals on different networks. All of that is possible. So why is it that everyone is so upset? Ah, I figured it out. The only people upset are the people being left behind in the Big 12. And boy, have they come out with statements. And I mean, a lot of them. Athletic directors galore are in a panic. Oklahoma State has a new president, came out and said, it's outrageous, basically saying that Texas and Oklahoma have been negotiating, which is a violation of our conference bylaws in the Big 12. They've been negotiating with the SEC and ESPN for a long time. And that shouldn't happen. They are breaching their contract with us. Good luck proving it. The Oklahoma State president went on to talk about that she thought Oklahoma was being strategic and deliberate. We can't understand why Oklahoma would do this to the state of Oklahoma. What? What are you doing to the state of Oklahoma? It's funny to me. I think how it ends is this way. Because once Oklahoma and Texas say they want to go to the SEC, the SEC has to vote. You need 11 of 14 SEC schools to say that we want to invite Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC. If I'm Oklahoma State, I'm trying to call the SEC teams and get them not to vote. Not going to happen. The SEC will 100% vote for it. Why? 
Why do you think the SEC has 11 schools that are right now ready to take on in Texas and Oklahoma into their conference as soon as possible and potentially pay a fine and a breakup fee to the Big 12 to get out of the Big 12 even sooner than 2025? Why? I've got four letters for you. E-S-P-N. You don't think that the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma, went to ESPN and said with Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, what would you be willing to pay in rights fees once this current deal runs out? And even while this current deal is happening, what bonus, what increase in rights will you give if we get Oklahoma and Texas right now into the SEC before 2025? Let me know. Ooh, it's that amount? Hold on. Will you pay the fine and the fee to get us out of the Big 12? You will. Will you pay enough to the SEC where existing members of the SEC not just make what they were making before from you, but they get a little bit more, plus we get our own share, the same as they're all going to get? Can you do that, ESPN? You're goddamn right we can, because we're firing every single anchor and talking head except Stephen A. Smith. We got plenty of cash. They really don't. But Disney may. Disney World's back open. Folks, these moves made by these teams to change conferences are only done when deals are already done with the conference they're going to. You think Texas and Oklahoma are saying, ooh, we better count votes now. We got to make sure we have 11. Do we have 11? Has anyone done that? It's been done. Ooh, we got to make sure we're going to have a distribution that's bigger than what we have in the Big 12. I hope we do, but we're not sure. Nope, it's been done. It's finished already. The deal is done. These conversations don't just happen over a short period of time. This is a calculated business decision by Texas and Oklahoma that every team would make if they could. And the teams which are complaining are the teams that can't get paid to go somewhere else. When you've got budgets to deal with, when you've got other sports to fund, you don't think it's your responsibility as the athletic director and chancellor and president of your school to go get the most money possible? What am I missing? Of course it is. Get as much as you can whenever you can, as soon as you can. Isn't that how you act? Of course you do. Don't be sad, Big 12. It's just business. This is nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 